BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. This is the Tom Hartman Program. Greetings, my friends, patriots, lovers of democracy, truth and justice, believers in peace, freedom and the American way. So uh, is Nancy Pelosi making a mistake by saying we're not going to hold impeachment hearings against Trump until or unless the crimes that he has committed are so obvious that our Republican colleagues agree? Those were not her words verbatim by any stretch, actually, but I believe that to be the import of or the intent of those words. Is she right? On the one hand, you can look back at the Watergate hearings, and I'm not sure that those started as impeachment hearings. They were looking into a crime, much like right now you have the House Oversight Committee looking into the crimes associated with Michael Cohen. They were looking into a crime, and in the process of looking into that crime, John Dean came forward and said, well, you know, there's this cancer on the presidency. And then that led to Fred Buzzhart testifying that, yeah, I put a tape system into the White House or I, I was involved in it or whatever. There's a secret tape there. And then that led to the committee going to the Supreme Court and saying, we want the tapes. And the Supreme Court saying to Nixon, you've got to turn them over. And that, of course, was the end of the Nixon presidency. So they never even, I, I don't think, got to impeachment. So basically, it sounds to me like what Pelosi is saying is let's keep doing this process that led to Nixon's resignation. Would that be a more desirable outcome than doing it the way the Republicans did, where they said, we're going to, damn it, we're going to impeach Bill Clinton. But even they didn't start with impeachment. They started with the Whitewater investigation into a 30-year-old land deal. And then when they didn't find anything there, they rolled that over to Hillary Clinton's being a lawyer at the Rose, Rose Law Forum, 30, again, 30 years in advance. And nothing there. They looked into whether she illegally fired some people in the travel office at the White House. It was called Travelgate. You had Rosegate. You had Whitewatergate. And then they looked into these charges against Bill Clinton of sexual assault from Jennifer, Jennifer Flowers. And when that didn't pan out, then they started digging even deeper and they ultimately discovered Monica Lewinsky. And boom, that then triggered the impeachment hearings. So they found the crime and then they went for the impeachment. But it wasn't a crime that the Democrats were willing to convict him over in the Senate. They felt like it was a terrible thing. But it was a terrible thing that he had to explain to his wife, not to the country. You know, it may be that what Pelosi is saying isn't really quite as outside of the mainstream as we all think, because 
the Republicans held a whole bunch of hearings before they started talking impeachment, looking for crimes that Clinton might be guilty of. And they finally busted him, of course, for lying about his affair with Monica. Ditto with Nixon. Or is there enough evidence of crimes? Hang on. We're listening to the Tom Hartman program. Is there enough obvious evidence of crimes right now? I mean, Michael Cohen's canceled checks for $235,000 checks for rigging an election that we should be impeaching. Blaine in Thousand Oaks, California. Hey, Blaine, thanks for listening to KPFK. What's up? In my humble opinion, not speaking of impeachment, not only are the Democrats Trump enablers, but they're complicit in reinforcing the normalization of the daily insanity and destruction of our country. I cannot argue against that. I, you know, I, I agree with everything you said, but I would put a big and at the end, not necessarily a but. And if Trump is not successfully removed from office, if he wins in the Senate, it will make him stronger rather than weaker. The danger here is that this becomes the Clinton impeachment instead of the Nixon impeachment. Yeah, well, that's a theory. And, you know, I don't know, coming from a position of fear and political calculation, mm -hmm. uh, the Democrats, once again, seems like they're going to repeat the history of what comes afterwards. It's like, you know, they're afraid of, like Pelosi said and what Al Gore said, they don't want to disrupt the country. But what came after? You know, right. George Bush didn't disrupt the country through the Iraq war and the yeah. tax cuts. By lying us into two and, wars, yeah. Yeah, I mean, think of all the millions of people that died over that because Al Gore couldn't wait another couple of months and hold out and count the votes. Right. I mean, look at the repercussions after that. Yeah, and now, when they did count the vote a year later, they discovered that Al Gore actually won Florida. Exactly. By any method, well, by any method of tabulation. And as far as Pelosi, you know, she's, she's the same thing. I don't want to disrupt the country. But I've heard from more than one Watergate prosecutor that disagree with her. Yeah. Because they say when they started an impeachment for Nixon in the Watergate, they didn't have bipartisan support either. No, they but did you not. Have to start they the also process. didn't have the tapes. I mean, signed check for $70,000, signed by the president. That is not enough. You know, yeah. I could name a dozen things normalized that are impeachable things that he's done. Yeah. You know, he said right on TV, well, I fired Comey because, you know, the, whole the Russian thing. I mean, you know, he admitted it. It's on tape. It's insanity to me that that's just, Well, and you know, we know that he's given intelligence that we got from the Israelis to the Russians that was pretty disruptive. And had any Democratic president done that, I suspect that would have been the end oh, of the that would have been the end of the oh, show Tom, right there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, one of those and the, and the Republicans would be, you know, screaming impeachment. Just one thing out of yeah. the 20 that Trump has already. I don't know. It's the typical Democrats drag their feet and not, you know, grow a pair and let's get on with it. <laughs> well, Democrats don't do outrage well, and it seems like that's pretty much all Republicans have is outrage. Uh, you know, unless it's Tucker Carlson making racist and misogynistic statements, and then suddenly they, yeah, go, they, you know, they go to radio silence. Blaine, go, thanks for the call. For yeah, right. amen. Thanks a lot for the call. It's great to hear from you. Devon in Forest Lake, Minnesota, uh, watching us on YouTube. Hey, hey Devon, what's up? Well, I think you're spot on there uh, on the opposite side of the argument and in terms of Nancy Pelosi maybe making a strategic move here so that people don't get too patriotic about, yeah. about impeachment. But I think it's, 
it's putting the cart before the horse to say that we need to convince the Republicans before we go forward with impeachment. And your reference to Barry Goldwater, I grew up in Scottsdale. I met Barry Goldwater. Mm-hmm. He came to my elementary school. Wow. And my parents loved Barry Goldwater, and they loved Richard Nixon. And in the end, in the end, my dad had us sit down and watch Nixon resign so that mm-hmm. we would always remember it. And it broke his heart on one level. Oh, I, I said the same thing with my father. The exact same thing. Yeah. So it, it, it's, it's an exercise in the Constitution, civics, the oath that we swear to uphold the Constitution and defend it against all enemies, common or foreign and domestic. So the people need to learn that this isn't about somebody lying about a sexual impropriety. Right. The, the impeachment clause is about a president who has betrayed, in this case, I believe, our country. This is about a high crime and misdemeanor. This is about, this is about doing what our founding fathers envisioned when they foresaw the worst. Devon, I get all that. Uh, the question is, are we there yet? Well, I think the way to get there is the way my father got there, mm-hmm. by watching, you know, watching the impeachment hearings, right. by hearing, finally, Barry Goldwater, and I don't know who it is <laughs> that has the integrity. Maybe people will listen to Romney, maybe, you know, hopefully somebody mm-hmm. in, the, in the party will come to their senses yeah. and play the role that Barry Goldwater played. But if we don't get the ball rolling, if we don't start putting some sunshine into these dark corners, we're not going to get there. We can't expect Republicans to wake up one morning and say, okay, let's start impeachment. Yeah. The, the, well, and the that, country will come along. Yeah, and that's one of the things that Peter Rodino's hearings in the House, and uh, who was the senator? Uh, Sam Irvin, I think, in the Senate. You know, when they had the impeachment uh, discussions, yes. as I recall, I mean, it's been a lot of years. Um, but that's that's the thing that came out. I mean, you know, it was John Dean's testimony that led to the testimony of Fred Buzzhart, you know, the guy who put in the White House taping system. That led to that testimony, and then that led to the House subpoenaing the tapes, and that led to the Supreme Court saying to Nixon, you've got to give him the tapes, and that's what led to Nixon resigning. I mean, none of that would have happened if the House had not convened impeachment hearings. The hearings, and let's not forget Ellsberger releasing the Pentagon Papers. Let's not forget the power of shining that light of truth. It emboldens people who have it on their heart, their conscience, you know, their will to be reelected yeah. to, to do the right thing. So yeah. they just need that little push. So maybe the analogy should, maybe we should just forget the Bill Clinton analogies altogether and go with the Nixon analogies. Um, but, you know, again, back then, Barry Goldwater was the one who informed Richard Nixon he had to step down. I don't see a Barry Goldwater today. Devon, thank you for the call. Does your current office chair support you? I mean, if you're lucky, maybe it goes up and down, but can you sit in it for hours before it becomes uncomfortable? You know, I I broke my back skydiving back when I was 20 years old, and finding a good chair has been a lifelong struggle. The X chair has this dynamic variable lumbar support. They call it DVL. The X chair's DVL was designed to adjust to you, and every other part of the chair can be custom adjusted to fit you. That's why the X chair is equally supportive, whether you're 5'2 and 110 or 6'4 and 250. And now with the introduction of the X basic model, there's an X chair for every 
every body type and every budget. Take advantage of X-Chair's new financing option and pay as little as 30 bucks a month. Take your comfort and productivity to the next level for less than the cost of a daily cup of coffee. X-Chair's on sale now for $100 off. Just go to xchairtom.com or call 1-844-4X-Chair. X-Chair comes with a 30-day, no questions asked guarantee of complete satisfaction. Go to xchairtom.com now and use the code XWHEELS and you'll receive a free set of the new X-Wheels with your chair. xchairtom.com. So there have been two impeachment attempts in my lifetime. One was against Richard Nixon. The other was against Bill Clinton. And the impeachment hearings against Richard Nixon, the Watergate hearings, led to John Dean's testimony, which led to, uh, what's his name, Fred somebody or other, um, uh, testifying that there was a White House taping system, which led to the Congress, the House of Representatives subpoenaing those tapes, and then Sam, Ir Sam Irvin in the Senate, Peter Rodino, as I recall, in the House. Um, it's been a lot of years. And then once they subpoenaed those tapes, that the White House refused, just like they're refusing right now to go along with the Elijah Cummings Committee and the House Oversight Committee. And then those that went to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court said to Nixon, you've got to come up with the tapes. Coming up with the tapes then led directly to Barry Goldwater walking over to the White House and saying, you know, the Republicans have listened to the tapes, too. You're toast. You've got to resign. Put Jerry Ford in there. And so that's how that played out. On the other hand, Bill Clinton was actually strengthened by being impeached. He didn't have to pound his chest and say, see, I just owned the Republicans. Although Trump will and could be even worse. So is this more a Nixon thing or a Clinton thing? What's going on with this? Marianne in Phoenix, Arizona. Hey, Marianne, thanks for listening to 9.50 a.m. Yeah, thanks, Tom. I, I really agree with Nancy Pelosi. I think uh, no more wasting time, money, energy. The Democrats need to work on medical care, protecting the environment, uh, getting rid of dark money, consumer protection, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, they have to have something to show the American people that we deserve to win the presidency and the Senate and to keep the House. That's my opinion. Uh, you know, a, are you suggesting that the Democrats can't walk and chew gum? And B, uh, you know, they've passed a lot of really good legislation so far, and it's gotten no, basically, you know, perfunctory mentions in the media. It, it isn't the topic of the Sunday shows like it would be if Republicans or right. the, historically when Republicans pass, you know, big legislation. That becomes right, the they, topic. But when Democrats do, it never makes it to the Sunday shows. It never makes it to the see, network that's news. What I think they need. Yeah, but they need to work on that. They need to really get out there and, and have the media have to give them attention somehow for what they're passing. And and um, I don't know. We're close to 2020. You know, we need to just get that idiot out of there. And, yeah, uh, yeah that's what I think. I, yeah. I think it's just a waste of money, time, et cetera. And, and I, I agree with you. I think he will just gloat if nothing happens, if the Senate... Uh, basically doesn't follow through on it, and he's just going to sit, sit up that's, there and have something that, more to gloat. Yeah, that's my biggest concern. But on the other hand, basically, uh, by not impeaching him, are we telling future presidents, you know, if you want to be a con man, a liar, a cheat, a uh -huh. thief, um, that's fine. Mm -hmm. You can be president yeah. and all those things. No, I, I agree with you, and I think one thing, though, that's happened uh, since this presidency is that I no longer believe in karma, <laughs> I have to yeah. say. Well, you know, um, hang on, man, <laughs> hang on. We, we don't know what's coming. Marianne, thank you for the call. Yeah. Excellent points all. Mary in Las Vegas. Hey, Mary. Hey, Tom. Um, I, I, I waver on the impeachment thing, but it would be nice to shine a light on 
every wrongdoing he's done. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish uh, we could indict him, you know, get his tax returns and find out all about the money. Now, I'm with you on that. that. I'm absolutely with you on that. I think that the, the House of Representatives now, they've, they've asked for documents from the White House. The White House has said no. They should issue a subpoena. If the, if the White House refuses to go along with the subpoena, um, they should take that to the Supreme Court. Uh, you know, then God only knows what's going to happen, but they need to fight this. And frankly, I think the special prosecutor's office and the and, and the other federal prosecutors involved, both in Washington, D.C. and in the Second District of New York, need to be actually indicting Donald Trump rather than naming him. I mean, Michael Cohen is going to prison for three years because Donald Trump ordered him to make a hush money payment to Stormy Daniels in order to disrupt the election in 2016. That's why Cohen is going to prison. And, and he's going to prison for a crime that he committed at the ordering of Donald Trump, according to the court. So why doesn't that same court also say, you know, if this is three years in jail for Michael Cohen for doing what Trump told him to do, Trump should get three years, too. Yeah, well, you know, I think, I think there's so many things to address. I think Ellis wants a job on the Supreme Court. That's why he only gave Manafort four years. Oh, that's interesting. And then, uh, He's too old. Trump and, won't put him on. <laughs> and I don't think the GOP is going to, um, they're just going to back Trump because he's making them filthy rich. You got yeah. McConnell. He's going to stonewall every bill that, that the Dems bring forward. He's just not yep. going to bring it to the floor for a vote. Yep, which is what he's doing yeah. with H.R. 1, the, you know, the... Uh, yeah, the Any, anything meaningful unless it's something act. they think can help Trump, like infrastructure, you know, make him, make him look good. Oh, look, I'm working with the Democrats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's so. it's it's a, it's a complex one. Mary, excellent points. Thank you very much. Ray in Seattle, listening on KBCS. Hey, Ray, what's on your mind today? Well, I wanted to respectfully disagree with uh, Nancy Pelosi. Um, you know, I, I I do believe that um, if Donald Trump does not get um, convicted, he will uh, it will embolden him, and he will be a, a, a more of the braggadocious sort. But um, I think to the contrary, we we're, we're ignoring the fact that. Um, by shining a light on his, uh, shining light on and uncovering his misgivings and uh, wrongdoing and actual crimes, that we're, you know, um, we're not, we would embolden uh, and strengthen the resolve of the Democrats and, and independents, mm. um, and possibly even get the attention of um, some on the right who believe in the rule of law. But there's, there's a couple of steps here. The, the, the first step is you do the investigation. I mean, you know, with Watergate, there was a lot of stuff going on in the press also. Um, but basically, yeah. you do an investigation which is not under the rubric of impeachment. It's simply, you know, we're doing an investigation. We saw this with Elijah Cummings last week, the week before, you know, in his testimony with Michael Cohen. And there's others that are happening, many of them behind closed doors. But, um, you know, there's going to be some more open testimony. And then at some point when some particular threshold has been passed, that's the point at which the House of Representatives uh, holds a vote on whether to authorize the Judiciary Committee to begin investigating whether impeachable offenses, in other words, to begin an, an impeachment investigation. And that didn't happen until, uh, until uh, February of 1974 in the case of Richard Nixon. And it took him about five or six months to get to the point where you know, it was obvious that he was going to be impeached and convicted. And, and he stepped down. So, you know, do you think that we're already, is, is your argument, Ray, that we're already at or beyond the point 
where Congress should empower the Judiciary Committee to, to investigate impeachable offenses? Or should the Judiciary Committee and the Intelligence Committee and the Oversight Committee and any other committee that wants to get in on the act, those are the three that I know are investigating Trump right now, should they simply continue with their investigations until the massive evidence becomes so overwhelming? I mean, a lot of what we're finding now is that Trump was a criminal before he became president. But, you know, while he was president, okay, he, you know, he paid off a porn star to become president. Well, I, I think that's a pretty big crime, actually. But anyhow, what do you, what do you think, Ray? What, which are you suggesting? I, you know, I agree that I, I do believe that that's a pretty important crime, and I and I, I, um, I also believe I, I believe that there's sufficient evidence that we should get the proceedings started. And I believe with this administration, there's a lot more that's going to be uncovered. And I think yeah. people it will it will open up an awful lot of eyes. And um, I do believe that we do have sufficient evidence to at least get the proceedings started and get the invest, further investigation going. So you would you would now you, you realize that the minute that the House votes to investigate impeachment, Fox News, the right wing hate radio, which did not exist in 74. And, uh, you know, we're just kind of getting their oats during the Nixon impeachment. In fact, they kind of drove it. They're going to go nuts. You ready for that? They are going to go nuts. And that's what they do. And um, I think the only thing that we can do is continue to shine a light on the fact that what he's doing is wrong. And it is, it, it, yeah, yeah, I'm with you, Ray. Sunlight is the best disinfectant here. That, that should be our motto. Ray, thanks a lot for the call. Thanks for listening to us on KBCS. Kathy in Crystal Lake, Illinois. Hey, Kathy, thanks for listening to Chicago's Progressive Talk. What's on your mind? Hey, Tom, how are you? Great. What's up? Good. I have this feeling that we're never, ever going to get this man out of office because right now, I think we all know he's guilty of treason. But the problem is the state of New York state of has got so it's going to have so many charges against him that if he steps foot out of the Oval Office, he has no protection whatsoever. Right. And that's and that's why, you know, you're seeing all these articles about how the Trump uh, reelection campaign. Well, first of all, they've been running. They've been raising money literally since the day after he was inaugurated, which has never mm -hmm. happened before. And, and they have, you know, they've raised over $100 million. They have been using some of that for the legal fees of his children but, uh, and himself. But, but uh, you know, by and large, they've got this huge war chest, and the effort, the get-out-the-vote effort, is going to be absolutely unprecedented, at least from what I'm reading. I, I don't really think there's going to be an election. You know, I mean, you wrote an article about a year or so ago about the three things that the uh, the guy that wrote his book said he was going to do. He was going to come up with the enemies list. He was going to attack the free press, which he's done, and he was going to declare martial law. Right. Uh, I think because of the number of hate crimes that are going up, the hate groups that have exploded, you know, that dog whistle. He may not even do a dog whistle. He, like you said, he may make a call out to his to his little militia people. Um the biggest militia that frightens me is Eric Prince, and uh, it's not Blackwater anymore, but it's something else. Right. Um, and as an African American, I'm terrified that you know. I think that you know the Tulsa race riots in 19 was a 21. Mm -hmm. Something on that order is going to cause him to say, "Oh my God, we have this massive civil unrest." I've got to declare martial law. Well, there's a precedent for it. That's that's what George W. Bush did after Hurricane Katrina, and he, and he brought in Blackwater, and they were walking around yeah. with guns, and there were people exactly. who were trying to flee New Orleans who got shot. I'm not sure they were shot by the Blackwater people. I think they were shot by the state police. But you know, same thing. It was it was poor black people is trying to get out of there and and flee into basically a white neighborhood, and they got shot yeah. dead. 
they got shot by some of these like little militia groups. Uh-huh. So thank you. This is my fear that he's trying to find a way to consolidate his power, and not so much because he likes being president. I think at this point he has gotten himself into a corner that there's no escape from. Yeah, and there's and no, you know like no parties for, yeah. like a, like a rat. Uh, you know maybe I shouldn't yeah. use that word after the way he used it well. against Michael Cohen, but but you know a cornered yeah. rat is far more dangerous than a non-cornered rat, exactly. and Donald Trump is is cornered right now. So uh, do you think that if you know if they open impeachment hearings that that will speed up the process toward martial law, or that that might slow it down? I think we're going to start seeing vaccines going after tax tax uh, records. I think right. it may speed it up. It yeah. speed it up. Yeah, when she um, when she was go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, he's not the only one. I think uh, Elijah Cummings. They're looking into the, the Trump uh, organization. Yep. There is so much graft. I don't think any of us have any concept of just how dirty everybody in his administration including well, Mr. Pence. But the, but some of it has leaked Pence. out. I mean, look at the, at the Panama yeah. City uh, uh, condo thing where, where we now know for a fact that Ivanka lied to potential investors. Oh, yeah. 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 They have her on tape with that. Yeah. But look at Wilbur Ross and the Bank of Cyprus and, and you know, Cambridge Analytica. This, this is like the tentacles of which, you know, you and I are the same age, Tom. Watergate tail. This is nothing I yeah, mean, it, it makes it look like a picnic. I so agree. So I'm, I'm concerned. I'm concerned. I am too, Kathy. I am very concerned. Kathy, thank you. Thank you for a thoughtful conversation. I appreciate it. It's great talking with you. And thanks for listening to Chicago's Progressive Talk. You're listening to the Tom Hartman Program. And I, I'm generally very reluctant to call a public official uh, who has not been convicted of a crime a criminal, but it, the evidence is everywhere. John in Minneapolis. Hey, John, your thoughts? Yeah, um, I just wanted to say that I am not in favor of impeachment. I am in favor of taking care of anything that is illegal and going after that at the same time that we, you know, do progressive kinds of things. Because I think culturally, uh, morally, ethically, in so many ways, this society has changed a lot since Nixon's time. And I don't really see the advantage of it. It's just my opinion. But right. I want to move on, is what I would like to do. And uh, I think that if we take care of it just legally through that process, that we're just going to alienate a lot of people that possibly, because, I mean, if you look at Bernie Sanders, he actually appealed to people that voted for Trump. And Trump, uh, he claimed things that he just didn't deliver, like uh, with Medicare, that he was going to be supportive of Medicare. And now he's turning around and saying that he wants to remove in his budget $800 billion out of Medicare. So right. And Almost 200 billion out of Medicaid and 26 billion out of Social Security. Yep. 1.1 trillion dollars uh, of cuts in domestic uh, programs, cutting Department of Housing and Urban Development HUD by 16 percent. And SNAP program yeah. cut the EPA uh, by 31 percent. He wants to increase the military budget, which has already been increased. I mean, he's just. Uh, well, he's reprehensible. We're stuck with him, but I think that we can, you know, get rid of him in a very judicious way yeah. because I don't think it's the same. I think that Republicans had a totally different mindset uh, than they do now, and they just look at it. I mean, they're they're not dealing with reality anymore. I mean, you can just see it. They, yeah, well, they, and my recollection is, again, that Nixon did not face impeachment hearings. He was facing 
you know, in, in, inquiries into possible criminal activity, just like Elijah Cummings was holding last week with regard to Michael Cohen. And that when the level of the crimes became so obvious that the, the Speaker of the House was about to call for impeachment hearings, that was mm -hmm. the point at which Barry Goldwater sat down with him or walked over to the White House and sat down with uh, Nixon and said, you got to leave. You know, right. this is going to work. And, 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 you know, David K. Johnson did, you know, I'm, I'm reiterating some of the things I heard this morning. He said, just keep it on. Just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. And uh, then, you know, we also have the New York State uh, prosecution also. And, uh, and that's you know, going to be the big one, frankly, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, especially so, if they go after Manafort, because then it's not pardonable. So yeah. far, Manafort, uh, it's so obvious that Manafort has been offered a pardon. I mean, you know, uh, everybody has now admitted that Manafort and, and Trump's lawyers, uh, Manafort's lawyers and Trump's lawyers have discussed a pardon. And that's the only rational explanation for the for the way that Manafort is behaving. Yeah. And, and, and then Trump coming out saying, oh, yeah, I talked to him about a pardon with Michael Cohen. Oh, you talk with, about pardons with anybody? I mean, really? So, you know, uh, but if Manafort is charged with state crimes, that pardon won't count uh, unless the Republicans are successful in getting this case before the Supreme Court, where they say if you're charged with the same crime in state and federal court, that's double jeopardy. And therefore, the state can't charge him with that crime, which means right. that they'd have to find a different crime in New York state, which they may well be looking for. And I hope they are. John, yeah. I need to move along. Thank you for the call. Well said. Dave in Federal Way, Washington. Hey, Dave, what's up? Hey, not too much, Tom. Hey, I'm going to uh, give my opinion on this really, really quick, but it's a complex topic, so I'm not sure if I'll have enough time. I think you'll appreciate it as well because you remember Vietnam clearly. I have been worried about this scenario with Trump ever since David Petraeus rewrote uh, the low-intensity conflict manual in around 1991-92. He changed it to the um, operations other than war. I, I compared the differences. Low-intensity conflict, that came out during Vietnam. Right. And what David Petraeus did is he made the enemy, the threat, far more nebulous. Like, for instance, guerrilla, warf guerrilla fighters versus terrorists. Right, that he made it much more nebulous, much more vague. And what he started, what I started to see is, okay, we are partnering, we could partner with a country like, say, Iraq, and we could help the government of Iraq sustain itself by combating its internal threats. Well, what I started noticing is a pattern that all these threats and all these techniques to keep the government in Baghdad in power apply to the government in Washington as well. The exact same scenarios could happen to us. So I've been worried about it. I've been concerned. So you're about suggesting, like Dave, Trump. if I get this right, and, and, I, and I realize you're a veteran, you've been in, inside a lot of these machines and understand how they work. These, uh, you know, I don't literally mean machines. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that that Iraq was a practice run for basically a coup d'etat here in the United States? Well, 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 sort of. Okay, look, look, Trump, and I hate to say this because I don't think Trump's the brightest bulb in the box, but I have noticed a pattern in his actions. Like, for instance, he keeps saying um, presidential harassment. That's the same term Richard Nixon used to, to, because he said, look, I am a president during time of war. I cannot be distracted by this stuff. Right. Now, Trump, and, you know, and that's what started worrying me. I'm like, wait a minute. Trump has got some advisors below him that are extremely sophisticated. I've 
notice this. Trump himself isn't that bright. But what they could do is use a technique like a, a, a very vague a cyber attack against, say, I'll just use L.A. as an example. The power grid shut down. They could suspend constitutional government. And, and they could also say, look, it's nobody's fault, but the people in L.A. are under very bad influences. And what I worried about the other day was I heard about this database of people going down to the border. There's a database of people going down to the border to protest. Um, and journalists. Of children. And journalists. They're yes. stopping journalists yes. at the border because their names are on the list. And that's, I mean, this is like Nixon's enemy list. I mean, this is a huge, huge story that, would, that turned into a one-hour story uh, in the media a couple of days ago. So what we need to do is we need to move ahead with impeachment, even though politically it may not be advantageous. But I think Beijing and, and Moscow are behind this because they started analyzing us during the uh, when we invaded Iraq. They yeah. said, look, America still has the same cultural fault lines. Nothing has changed. Let's energize these fault lines. Oh, I think they've been analyzing us all along. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Um, so you're suggesting that, that the House should start impeachment hearings as opposed to continuing the uh, Oversight and Judiciary Committee and Intelligence Committee hearings into specific crimes. Is that what you're saying, Dave? Yes, and we should, uh, you know, we, we need to, to reinforce the fact that we are a nation of laws. Even yeah. though our president can classify and declassify no, I got it. anything I got it. he wants. No, I, yeah. I totally got it, and I want to get other callers in here. Thank you, Dave. Thomas in New York City. Hey, Thomas, what's up? Thanks for watching us on YouTube. Yes. How you doing? Good. Listen, um, I went, this, this is a comment. I'm going to tell you the reason why I believe Nancy Pelosi don't want impeachment. Because, as you know, Barack Obama was the smartest president that we ever had. Mm -hmm. You know? So, trust me when I tell you, they got dirt on Trump right now that they don't want to talk about. Who is they? Once he get out of office, he better get in his 707 and fly to uh, Russia. Yeah. Yeah. You hear me? Yeah, no, I, I get it, and yeah. uh, and I and I think that uh, there's probably an enormous amount of truth to what you're saying, Thomas. Who is the they that you're speculating have the dirt on Trump? And frankly, why aren't they using it? Well, I'm gonna tell you, I, President Obama was the smartest president that we we ever had, and if you remember, you remember he said, if you let Trump be president, he's a danger to the country, yes. and to the world. I remember. You remember that? Yes. And he, he said the American people said. would never tolerate that. I, I, that's what I'm saying. And so trust me when I tell you, Barack Obama is a lawyer, and that's the reason why uh, Nancy Pelosi don't want to impeach him. You because know, that's the reason why. Because they, they, because they have something thing. deeper on, on Trump, in yes, your opinion. Yes, and one more thing. You remember that Republican that told you that people don't want to donate to your to your to Tom Parman? Right. I want to donate, so put me on hold. Okay, <laughs> all right. We don't, we, don't, we don't take donations here, no, Thomas. That's for Free Speech TV, and, and, and our, many of our Pacifica stations also are having their fundraising drives right now. Um, uh, and, but you're watching us on YouTube. It's a whole different thing. But, Thomas, thank you for your kind words. And, uh, yeah, I suspect that, they, in particular, Robert Mueller, but I suspect that there's a lot of folks in Washington, D.C. and in New York City and state who know a lot more about Donald Trump than they're letting on right now. Now, question is how long before it comes out. You're listening to Tom Hartman. Visit TomHartman.com for audio and video archive. And when it does come out, you know, what's the venue going to be? Is it going to be in the news? Is it going to be in a courtroom? Is it going to be in an impeachment hearing? Where does this happen? 
Does your current office chair support you? I mean, if you're lucky, maybe it goes up and down, but can you sit in it for hours before it becomes uncomfortable? You know, I, I broke my back skydiving back when I was 20 years old, and finding a good chair has been a lifelong struggle. The X chair has this dynamic variable lumbar support. They call it DVL. The X chair's DVL was designed to adjust to you, and every other part of the chair can be custom adjusted to fit you. That's why the X chair is equally supportive, whether you're 5'2 and 110 or 6'4 and 250. And now with the introduction of the X basic model, there's an X chair for every body type and every budget. Take advantage of X chair's new financing option and pay as little as 30 bucks a month. Take your comfort and productivity to the next level for less than the cost of a daily cup of coffee. X chair's on sale now for $100 off. Just go to xchairtom.com or call 1-844-4X-Chair. X chair comes with a 30-day, no questions asked guarantee of complete satisfaction. Go to xchairtom.com now and use the code XWHEELS and you'll receive a free set of the new X wheels with your chair. xchairtom.com. So we have essentially, as Dr. Justin Frank pointed out, a uh, at the very least, a malignant narcissist and sociopath in the White House, and apparently a criminal as well, and maybe a heavily mobbed up criminal. In fact, along those lines, with a conversation I was having with Louise last night, is we were trying to figure out, okay, it looks like Manafort is just going to go along and say, you know, okay, you federal judges, just hit me with whatever you got. It's no problem, because I know I've got a pardon coming. And the thing that should concern Manafort is if the state of New York starts looking into his crimes, which, to the best of my knowledge, they are not doing, at least in a high-profile way, because state charges cannot be subject to pardons from the president. He can't pardon state charges. Although right now, Republicans are trying to change the law and they've got a Supreme Court case going before the Supreme Court that would make it a whole lot easier. Actually, make it harder for a state court to prosecute somebody for something that the feds have looked into. They would call that double jeopardy. And they may actually have a case there, so which means that the state of New York would have to prosecute him for something entirely different. But the question is, is Nancy Pelosi right when she says Trump is not worth impeachment right now? Now, you know, one side of the argument is that if you have impeachment hearings and let's say the House of Representatives does impeach Trump and then it goes to the Senate where he fails to get convicted, what's Trump going to do? He's not going to, like Bill Clinton kind of said, well, yeah, I never should have done that with Monica. I'm sorry. I apologize to my wife. Uh, you know, let's just move on. In fact, that was moveon.org, right? That was the, that's what came out of that, right? Bill Clinton saying, let's just move on. Trump's not going to do that. Trump's going to say, see, I just won in the Senate. I just owned the libs. I just defeated the Democratic Party. And his followers are going to go, yeah, we took them down. And... Do you get where I'm going with this? It's going to strengthen him. You know, if you take a shot at a mob boss and you don't take them out, metaphorically speaking, then, you know, if you're, if you're going to take an impeachment shot against Trump and, and you don't take him out of office, then you have just given him more power. And I believe that's the equation that Nancy Pelosi is looking at. On the other hand, if the House were to begin impeachment proceedings, they would have the power of subpoena and they would have this wide open field of inquiry to, to, to open a whole variety of criminal activities that Donald Trump and his, and his crime family have been involved with over the years. 
And that may be enough to convince Republicans in the Senate that it's time to abandon Trump and embrace President Pence. And Mike Pence is such a weasel and such a weird character, um, you know, calling his wife mother and not ha refusing to have dinner with women who are not his wife and blah de blah de blah. I mean, just all the whole weird handmaid's tale stuff that surrounds Mike Pence. Not to mention his, uh, you know, in 2000 writing that tobacco doesn't cause cancer while he's taking money from the tobacco industry. Um, I don't see how he gets reelected or Pence gets elected in 2020. So, you know, it's possible the impeachment hearings could flip some Republicans. But look at what happened. I mean, we saw Jeff Flake and we saw Bob Corker stand up to Trump. And what happened? They got taken out of the Republican Party. They got weeded out of the gene pool, as it were. The Trump Party, the Republican Party now has become the Trump Party. And so is it even possible to convince Republicans in the Senate? Because it takes two thirds of the Senate. It's gonna take 67 senators to send Trump out of the White House. Is that even possible? Billy in Wimberley, Texas. Hey, Billy, what's on your mind today? Well, Tom, listen, I generally don't have a problem with progressives or liberals, but when you make an asinine statement like uh, Trump is calling out a hit on somebody, that's just silly. It's why y'all are failing out there. So you don't think that telling the prison population out there, particularly when the white gangs in prison are pretty much controlled by the Nazi gangs, the skinhead gangs, I mean, they become more powerful than the old mafia gangs in prison. They and the mafia gangs, they know that rats get killed. Whitey Bulger, once it was revealed he worked for the FBI, he was dead in a week, you know, this, this old mobster. So you don't think that yeah, Donald White, Trump tweeting out that was, Michael Cohen is a rat before he goes to prison is a shout out to those people that they should kill him. You don't think that's true? I think it's a lie, Tom, and I think you're doing it on purpose. Well, I read his tweet. You didn't see his tweet where he called Michael Cohen no, a rat? but you're assuming that's what he meant, and you can't do that. That's why you people are failing. Yeah, not. okay. But, Billy, I'm, you know, I'm not going to go with the ad hominems. That's pretty pathetic. Well, I guess that's an ad hominem. I'm not going to go go there. Uh, try an argument sometime, Billy. You know, it's, it, it works better. Holly in Marshall, Missouri. Hey, Holly, what's on your mind today? That guy made me laugh because when they have no facts, they make it personal. Yeah. But I wanted to just say that I think that Speaker Pelosi is doing this strategically. There's so many things that people want done, and they don't want to spend that much time and energy when they see all of these lawsuits coming and these indictments coming down. Even Scotland is suing him for building a wall around his golf course there. Right. I mean, so I do think it's strategic, and I, I think I think it's wise, but then you say things that make me think twice, so I guess I'll have to wait. Yeah, I, I'm very conflicted about it. I have extraordinary respect for Nancy Pelosi, for, for you know, both as a person, but most importantly as a legislator, she, she and as a leader. She understands this. She has been doing this for most of her adult life. She knows what's going on. She knows how to count votes, and I think she shares my concern that if Donald Trump is not convicted in the Senate, it's going to double his power. It's or it's going to significantly increase his power because, uh, you know, as I said before, you know, Bill Clinton, even after he was not convicted in the Senate, was still saying, I'm sorry. Right. And apologizing. I mean, you know, he's been doing this ever since. Literally, he didn't come out and beat his chest and say, see, I beat those Republicans in the Senate. I'm I'm Bill Clinton. No, he didn't do that. 
But Donald Trump will do that if he if he wins in the Senate, if he if he fails to be impeached in the Senate or removed from office in the Senate, which at this moment is a certainty. And that, I think, would be giving him even more power would be the worst thing we could do. On the other hand, it's possible that an impeachment hearing would convince some Republican senators. But I'm not seeing evidence of that so far. It looks to me like they are just as as without shame as Trump himself is. There might be two or three who have some conscience left, but I think the last two were Jeff Flake and Bob Corker, and they're gone. Holly, thank you for your for your thoughts and your and your perspective on that. Michelle in Kansas City, Missouri. Hey, Michelle, what's on your mind today? Tom, I wanted to get some context to the term uh, "rat" and "mob neighborhood." I grew up in a mob neighborhood. I grew up with the underboss's kids, my uncle's best friends with a national guy. So hmm. we knew what the word "rat" meant. When you said "a rat." Uh, you knew he was a marked man. You knew he uh, he was not to be trusted. He was a snitch. He couldn't even get a job, not even at General Motors, because the union was involved with the month. He would drive down the street, and old women would give him the maluk, the, the evil eye. So you know what that means, and you knew he was a dead man walking. Yeah. So don't let them I – mean, I know what Trump is saying when he says this. I mean – in that world, you have the terms that you know what they mean. So you're rebutting, so, um, I, I forget the, his name, the caller that we had earlier from Virginia who said that, oh, Trump is just, you know, rat is just a word that you use to slur people. That's, he wasn't actually calling for Cohen to be murdered when he gets to prison or to be a marked man. Trump, that, excuse me, I'm sorry. Trump uses that word on purpose. Yeah. Um, that is so ingrained in me, that term rat. That I knew it was marked because when they even when Republicans refer to the Democrat Party, mm-hmm. I, in the back of my head, I think they want me eliminated. I know what that term means. Well, that's, and that, I know, that's what Trump the, knows what he's talking about. Yeah, that, that, that's what uh, uh, Senator what's his name said back in the day. He said, you know, it's a Democrat Party and emphasis on the rat, right? Um, mm-hmm. And was, there's a lot of old mobsters still in prison. They ain't going to get out and have nothing to lose. Uh, yeah, that was that was Joe McCarthy who said that. Yeah, Michelle, your, your, your voice just faded out, but, but you made your point. You made it very well, so thank you very much for the call. Vince in Pomeroy, Iowa. Hey, Vince, thanks for watching Free Speech on your Roku box. What's up? Uh, I want to I say that the Democrats need to quit acting like abused spouses. Yeah. You can't wait until the GOP is ready to agree with you before you start investigating and showing. Well, they're doing right? the investigations right now, Vince. The question is, should they begin the impeachment hearings? Um, or should they continue the investigations until until the investigations show obvious, irrefutable evidence of actual crimes? Their obvious, irrefutable evidence is already there. Look yeah. at emoluments, abuse of authority, witness camper. Yeah. Every one of these is a felony. Yeah. And they're all abuse or they're all impeachable offenses. So, you know, play this out. Let's say that just based on everything that's in the public record right now, and I agree with you, I think that, you know, any other president, uh, frankly, of either party in the past would have been impeached for this stuff. Donald Trump goes on TV and basically brags about the crimes he commits, uh, you know, challenges the, the, uh, you know, trashes the FBI, trashes the prosecutors, trashes federal judges for that matter. Um, so you play that out. He gets impeached in the House of Representatives. It goes to the Senate. He's got sufficient, uh, you know, he has sufficiently intimidated and cowed the Republican senators that it doesn't pass in the Senate. And so he skates just like Bill Clinton does. And then he starts bragging about how he now owns the libs. He destroyed the Democrats. He proved that he's not guilty. You know, put this thing to bed, blah, de, blah, de, blah. He, he ends up much, much stronger as a result of that. How's that a good thing? You're assuming facts, not in evidence. 
Okay. Right? I'm, I'm assuming that he's going to continue to behave the way he has in the past. Look at what he said about the judge in, in, the, uh, in the Manafort case. The judge did not say that there was no collusion. He said that they weren't, you know, this case had nothing to do with Russia collusion. Uh, but Trump lied about that, and Fox echoed his lies, and his, his followers believe him. Dave in Ocean View, Hawaii. Hey, Dave, what's up? Hey, how are you today, Tom? I am great, but I'll get better, Dave. I hope the same is true for you. Well, uh, you know, I'm pretty well. But, you know, we were you were talking about um, uh, cleaning up the White House, let's say. All right. Don't you think it's probably time that there's a physical revolution? People no. need to take to the No, physical revolutions cause people to die. I'm not, I'm not willing to go there, Dave. Well, it's been so long. I, I'm a born and bred Iowan. Iowa. Everything happens there. What a... You can't get anything done today. Nothing. Everybody lies to you. Every single side. It's time we take back what what we deserve. Yeah, but and Bernie has been for years calling for a political revolution, and I'm all in favor of a political revolution. But an actual physical revolution where people take up arms against each other? No way. Not even going to consider it. Patricia in Vashon, Washington. Hey, Patricia, what's up? You know, I was thinking that if we could get a group of international lawyers to uh, bring international charges against the administration, the whole administration, and go to The Hague or have something outside of The Hague like they did with Monsanto, um, that at that point, if he is indicted and found guilty and everything, that um, at that point, couldn't uh, couldn't they then bring um, tell Trump and the administration what they could do and what they couldn't do, and wouldn't that remove his power? And the power that they have over people and what they've done at the border and sure. um, all of that stuff is illegal. I mean, um, there's several kind of illegal international things that he's done. And the border, I think, is the most atrocious. Right. And and participating with Saudi Arabia in the, in the bombing of Yemen. And, uh, you know, there's, well, there's, yeah. there's, there's, there's war crimes, there's domestic crimes. The problem is the United States uh, withdrew, and I think this happened during the Trump or during the uh, Bush Jr. administration, but, but I might be wrong. The United States withdrew from the international criminal, uh, whatever it's called. And uh, so our leaders are no longer subject to oversight or prosecution at The Hague. So they could do that. They have no enforcement mechanism, to the best of my knowledge, at all anymore. Um, but but on the other hand, it, you know, if it was done in, in with really high visibility in a foreign venue, that might be the equivalent of the impeachment hearings here if the media picked it up, if it got the that kind of publicity. But, you know, again, that's something that's problematic. So um, I, I think that's a real long shot, Patricia. I would love to see something like that happen. But, you know, we saw this three different times. Um, the uh, George W. Bush was sued. Uh, although before the U.S. Supreme Court, but also there was an attempt to sue him in criminal court. Um, this was all being done by Michael Ratner, Alan Ratner's brother, who passed away a year or two ago from brain cancer. And uh, But when he was running the Center for Constitutional Rights, the CCR, 
And they were actually successful in the Supreme Court three times. The Hamden case is the most famous, you know, in representing people who had been in Gitmo and, and who had been in, uh, in, the, um, in that god-awful prison in Iraq. And, and uh, you know, what it came down to was that we were, that the, you know, the, the, the Hague, the people at the Hague had no, no power over Bush. So it's a tough one. Patricia, interesting idea. Very interesting idea. Thank you for the call. Richard in Humble, Texas, watching us on Facebook Live. Hey, Richard, what's on your mind? Hey, Tom, thanks. I've been watching you ever since Al Jazeera was on the air. Um, oh, thank you. I wanted to um, point out that, you know, I think Nancy Pelosi's strategy right now is correct due to what you've already mentioned about the history with Bill Clinton and nothing getting done in the Senate. But I've been on the ground here, like on the Emancipation Avenue at Southwest Key, where they're now housing 16, 17-year-olds. We protested there because they had planned to put actual babies there. Mm-hmm. And all my so-called conservative Trump friends or acquaintances, they'll come on my Facebook page and say they shouldn't have come here in the first place. And mm-hmm. that's flat out that's all they say. And do you think that Trump instigates and can use the lack of what moral fiber we try to adhere to as far as, okay, so now they're holding 16, 17-year-olds there. And so now it's okay. okay. It's not okay. And how can we, like, get into the conscience of the conservative mind? You know, conservatives used to be the ones who proclaimed that they were the ones with a conscience. In fact, the, the title of Barry Goldwater's first uh, autobiography was uh, The Conscience of a Conservative. Um, that was you know, the, the claim to morality, the claim to the high moral ground, the claim to moral outrage, all those things, those were the realm of the conservatives in the 60s, 70s, 80s. They were pushing back against the sexual revolution. They thought it was immoral. They were pushing back against drug use among young people, the hippies. They thought that was immoral. They were pushing back against homosexuality. They thought it was immoral. Um, you know, abortion, they, they framed it morally. I mean, this, you know, obviously some of these positions um, you know, uh, even America no longer agrees with them on broadly speaking. But the, the, the bottom line is that traditionally, whether it was real morality or phony morality or, or uh, bigoted morality, the conservatives were always the, quote, party of morality. And I haven't heard any language of that kind in a long time. And you see Pat Robertson and, you know, Jerry Falwell and his pool boy, um, you know, on TV and, and in writing and whatnot, talking about how wonderful Donald Trump is and, and, and all this. And, and you just have to assume that, that that whole claim to righteousness that has been held by these uh, people who called themselves conservatives and called themselves Christians is just gone. And uh, yeah, I, I think, I, I, and so the question is, you know, and, and I think you're saying, you know, Pelosi's being smart right now, but holding off on impeaching Trump until at least the Republicans are willing to say, yes, this guy has to go. And, you know, I, I, I'm inclined to agree with that. You're listening to Tom Hartman. Visit TomHartman.com for audio and video archives. But I can make a strong argument on the other side that the hearings themselves, much like the Watergate hearings, I mean, that's where the subpoena came for the Watergate tapes, which is what took down Nixon. You're listening to Tom Hartman. If you're like me, then safeguarding your money through market downturns is a clear priority. And frankly, 
We've seen enough market volatility to make any investor nervous. For people like us who think outside the box and read between the lines, it's becoming even more clear that the insider secret of accumulating physical gold is becoming a lot less of a secret and more of a trend. According to the World Gold Council, in 2018 alone, central bank gold purchases increased by over 74%. The bottom line is that we are starting to see the cracks forming in our economy. And the faster you take action, the better your opportunity. There's only one company I personally recommend in this industry, and that's the expert strategists at ITM Trading. They specialize in wealth protection and opportunity positioning. Both, as you know, are imperative in our current economic climate. Call my friends at ITM Trading at one own gold Ask for their free gold protection guide and hedge your bets like the top 1% do. Call one own gold That's 1-888-O-W-N-G-O-L-D. one own gold Amazing. The uh, headline by Mark Sumner over at Daily Kos says it all. Judge in Paul Manafort case warned his attorneys about shopping for a pardon. Then they did it again. Kevin Downey and Thomas Zenel, the uh, lawyers for Paul Manafort. I mean, this judge, uh, Amy Berman Jackson, says you guys need to stop playing to this external audience, which was Trump. And you need to stop talking about Russian collusion, because that's not what we're talking about here in this case. It has nothing to do with Russian collusion. It may or may not exist. She's not saying that there's no collusion. And then she says, period. And she says, this issue of collusion was not resolved one way or the other by this case. This case is not particularly persuasive to argue that an investigation hasn't found anything when you lied to the investigators, she adds. And then his lawyers went out, called a press conference and lied to the press saying, oh, yeah, another judge says no collusion. This is Manafort's lawyer's way of trying to get their clip on Fox News so that Donald Trump will see it so that he'll give Paul Manafort a pardon. And now Cyrus Vance in New York, the prosecutor there is saying, no, we are going to nail your butt to the wall. Elena in Seattle. Hey, Elena, thanks for listening to KBCS. What's up? So I want to weigh in on the debate about impeachment. Mm -hmm. I think it's time to hold the hearings. I know that the political calculation is never certain, but it's the right thing to do. And I remember the movie The Post that talks about uh, the Pentagon Papers being released through the paper. Mm -hmm. Uh, They also, the head editor and the owner of the paper, they really struggle with it, and it's also very scary for them. You know, bad repercussions, they may have go to prison, or even uh, the paper may be closed, but they decided to do the right thing, and it paid off. Yeah, and I think we forget how bad it's gotten. I mean, we had a president 12 years ago or thereabouts who literally lied to us, both a president and a vice president, who lied to us about a threat to this country. They said that Saddam Hussein had weapons of mass destruction and intended to use them against us. Scott Ritter and others, Hans Blix, the UN inspectors, were inside Iraq. They visited all of his facilities. They said there is no threat. Saddam Hussein repeatedly said, I have no intention of coming after your country. Come, you can look around, no problem. And George Bush and Dick Cheney lied us into a war that has cost the lives of over a million people, destroyed a nation, destabilized the region, and cost the United States six or 8,000 American soldiers' lives and literally several trillion dollars worth of treasure. And the Democrats in Congress failed to hold 
Bush and Cheney responsible. I think those were impeachable crimes, among other crimes that were committed, like torture and the invasion of Americans' privacy, spying on American citizens. We didn't hold them responsible. So now we've got a guy who's about to start a war in Venezuela as part of his reelection strategy, in my humble opinion, and who has given away secrets to foreign governments, multiple governments on multiple occasions, has a woman associated with Chinese intelligence running in a ring out of Mar-a-Lago, an influence buying ring. You know, I mean, just serious stuff. The threshold has gotten so high to impeach a Republican. It's like they almost have to go out on Fifth Avenue and shoot. So, oh, yeah, that's right. Michael Cohen said the Republicans would still support him. And I think they would. And Elena, I think that, you know, we're about 15 years late in this conversation here. Frankly, uh, we should have been having this yeah. conversation in 2003 when George W. Bush lied us into the war in Iraq. Yeah, and I, I, I got really disappointed when Obama said, We're, just let's move on, let's move on. You can't move on, it'll just get worse. Yeah, and it did. It absolutely did. And every time we've just moved on, we moved on from Nixon, you know, and Jerry Ford and pardoned Nixon and all his buddies. And then uh, George Bush at the recommendation of William Barr, who was then attorney general and who is now again, by the way, uh, William Barr, December 25th, 19, 1992, recommended to George Herbert Walker Bush that he pardon Casper Weinberger and Ollie North and all these guys from Iran-Contra and thus cover up the treason that was committed by Ronald Reagan in cutting the deal with Iran to hold the hostages so that he could win the election and the treason that was committed or the crimes that were committed in arming the Contras down in Central America, which are still coming back to haunt us in the form of refugees right now, that was covered up. And so then that got us George W. Bush, who along with Dick Cheney committed all these crimes, that got covered up or we moved on from it. Let's say Bill Clinton moved on from prosecuting Bush and uh, Reagan and then Barack Obama moved on from prosecuting Bush Jr. And now, you know, is the next Democratic president going to move on from prosecuting the Trump crime family? Yeah, and don't forget Elliot Abrams. Yeah, that's right. Elliot Abrams was one of the guys that got pardoned by William Barr and who Donald Trump just hired and sent down to Venezuela. The war criminal behind the Contra part of the Iran-Contras. It's insane. Elena, thank you for the call. Lawrence in Williamsport, Pennsylvania, listening on Sirius XM. Hey, Lawrence, what's up? Hey, Donald. Eight years ago, I told my wife when I heard a poll that it was uh, 42 or 43 percent of all Americans believed the earth was created in a literal seven days. I said to her, this does not bode well for the future of American politics, that level of willful ignorance. But because it is such a large number of people who are willfully ignorant that are backing this president, I think Nancy Pelosi's approach is the right one. I think just bringing articles of impeachment would edges closer to a civil war. He's got 40% of the American population in his pocket. And however ill-informed they may be, they are in his pocket and solidly behind him. And I think the only thing we can do is with the investigations, try and get as many of those people as possible, change those hearts and minds with making the evidence so clear and so undeniable, although it's pretty obvious already, to where it's, they can't refute it, where Fox News can't even refute it. But, you know, they um, weren't I, I even bothering really by the end of the shrub presidency, Bush Jr. Even Fox wasn't bothering to say, oh, you know, what he did was totally legal. But they were just saying that that torture and the waterboarding and the people who died being tortured and the use of black sites around the world where people were disappeared, that that was just necessary, even if it was against the law. You know, spying on Americans, Snowden revealed all that stuff. 
you know, all the crimes of the Bush administration, it's like, oh, well, we'll cut him a pass because he's a Republican. It seems like it, that's happening all over again. And at some point, somebody's got to say, I'm sorry, enough. My point is that impeachment is going to be counterproductive. The only thing we can do is win the White House in 2020 and try and convince as many people between now and then just how. But do we then move on? I mean, you know, Jimmy Carter took the White House and he did not look back and try to prosecute Nixon. Bill Clinton took the White House. He did not look back and try to prosecute Reagan and Bush. Barack Obama took the White House. He did not look back and prosecute Bush. And in every case, there were actual crimes that could have been prosecuted, committed. Is the next Democratic president going to be expected to let Donald Trump ride off into the sunset like all the previous Republican criminal presidents? I'll tell you what, as a practical matter, I think it's a matter of how many what the percentage of people that's still behind Trump at that point is. Yeah. If he's still got 35 or 40 percent, it's just going to rip this country. So instead of paying attention to the laws and the Constitution, we should be paying attention to polls. It's got to be realistic. Well, I get the practicality here, Lawrence, but I'm so offended, not by you, but just by this 40-year history, basically, of excusing Republican criminality, while when a Democrat, when a Democratic president wears a tan suit to the White House, it suddenly becomes a week-long scandal. I mean, just it just blows my mind, the hypocrisy mm-hmm. of it all. Lawrence, i got to move along, but thank you for the call. Karen in Winter Haven, Florida, watch this on Free Speech TV. Hey, Karen, what's on your mind? Well, to continue on, Tom, I've always maintained that they never should have allowed Trump to even take office without divesting from his corporation or his company or whatever it is because of the emoluments clause. We have nothing in our Constitution to even say, hey, you cannot take office without doing these things. Now, it sounds to me like the emoluments clause is expecting us to impeach anybody who violates it. But as we see, impeachment is very difficult. So we're working from behind, kind of, with not saying, no, you cannot enter the office without doing this, saying, oh, if you do this, we will remove you. And that's not a good solution for us, because at the time, I think Trump's lawyer said something like, oh, well, we say he doesn't have to put his assets into a blind trust or something like that. And nobody was screaming, going, yes, he does. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and and, I mean, just his lease on the uh, Trump Hotel in Washington, D.C., the actual hotel is the old post office building is owned by the U.S. Park Service. And they leased it to the Trump Organization. And the lease itself has language that says if any officer of this corporation acquires public office, that breaks the lease. That's the end of the lease. The property goes back to the Park Service. Right. And uh, they haven't even, no one has enforced that either. I think they did ask for an opinion, but for some reason it's been kind of scuttled or something. Well, it's because it's the Trump administration. I mean, the Park Service is now, you know, under the control of political appointees of Donald Trump. So they're not going to do that. I mean, they're not going to enforce their own contract. The whole thing is like the more you dig, the deeper you get, the more it smells. I mean, just the, the more grody the whole thing gets. Karen, thank you for the call. Patrick in Los Angeles, listening on the Tom Hartman app. Hey, Patrick, what's up? Tom, hey, listen, yeah, thanks for the line. Appreciate it. Hope you're doing well. Thank you. Um, I got you. Yeah, you know, this this impeachment should have been done yesterday or last year. You know, we have seen this guy admit on TV that he committed obstruction of justice. And, you know, I mean, 
precisely what he talked about is the very definition of obstruction of justice, interfering with an investigation, because he didn't think it warranted looking into. And mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, obviously, he had a vested interest in it not being warranted. That's one reason. The second reason is, is this guy's obviously a Russian. I mean, he's been committed to advancing, you know, Russian special interests, or at least you know, I think he's trying to advance his own special interests in the Russia deal because it involves so many corrupt oligarchs and it's just inherently a corrupt deal. I mean, this is how Milton Friedman set up the modern Russia is going to make him uh, hundreds of millions of dollars. It's going to be his most lucrative deal ever. And that's why he's bending over backwards because he sees, you know, all that money in his future. I don't think he cares about Russia or, or the United States, frankly. I think his only loyalty is to himself and his money. Well, at this point, because he has involved himself so much with the Russians, if he separates himself now, then the evidence will come out. Things will leak out. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, if if in his first meeting, his first private meeting with Putin, Putin said, hey, Donald, I just wanted to let you know that uh, I'll take that apartment at the top of the Trump Tower that you're building, which will, you know, dramatically increase the value of the building. And we will make this thing. We will get this thing built. Don't worry about it. And Donald Trump said, oh, boy, oh, boy, thank you very much, Vladimir. At that point, then, from that point forward, with every single meeting that he has with Putin, you know, Putin now is in a position essentially to blackmail him if he wants. He doesn't have to say a word. Trump knows it, right? Trump is afraid that now that this is going to come out, that he's got this deal. I mean, that exactly. that just makes so much sense to me. It, it, it so explains so much of his behavior because Trump's not an ideologue. He's he, he doesn't I, I don't I don't even think he understands international politics. He just knows where, you know, he in the Philippines, he can pay off the guy and he gets his Trump Tower. You know, in Indonesia, he can he knows how to bribe politicians. He learned it really well from his dad and from the New York mob. You know, until now, he's never been an ideologue. It's only when his survival has depended upon these guys. And that's not being an ideologue. That's just being a a hypocrite. That's just, you know, saying, oh, yes, I'm suddenly opposed to abortion. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, because it's going to advance. Yeah, when Marla Maples got pregnant, he had a conversation with Howard Stern on the air about whether or not she should have an abortion. Well, I mean, just more examples of, of, you know, ridiculous hypocrisy. But, you know, by itself, obstruction of justice and you know, his commitment to Russia. I mean, those two things. And, you know, you know the, the business department, they're not going to prosecute him. You know, the Democrats need to start talking about that. They're not going to prosecute him because he's taken an oath. Because he's what? He's, he's taken over the Justice Department. Oh, they're the Justice Department, yeah. And and William Barr is a big piece of that, by the way. His role in, in pardoning all these Iran-Contra guys is insane. Patrick, thank you. George in Chicago, listening on Chicago's Progressive Talk. Hey, George, what's on your mind today? I love your show, Tom, not only because of what I learned from you and your guests, but the incredible array of intelligent callers. Most, most of what I wanted to say has already been said. I'll just leave it at this. Lord Acton's maxim applies to money as well as power because they're fungible. Uh, absolute power corrupts absolutely. Absolute unlimited money corrupts absolutely. And that's what we're facing with a Trump campaign. As you pointed out, he started campaigning for 2020, the day after he was inaugurated, and he's already built up a huge, monstrous war chest, a lot of it filled with dark money. And getting 20 Republican senators to vote to convict him and remove him 
uh, in the face of his base, and that kind of money is terrifying to them. And I think that Donald Trump is such an egotistical maniac that even if he was convicted and removed by the Senate, that would not stop him from running for office in 2020. If he was removed this year or next year during the primaries or even during the convention, if it happened that way, he's got so much money and so much access to lawyers, he'd be able to file the motions in 50 states to get on the ballot. And but would he win? He's not a, I'm sorry? But would he, would he win? I think if he was successfully impeached oh, no, by the no, Senate, at that not. point, Fox News would pull their support. He would, split the re, he would split the Republican Party a million ways to Sunday. Right. And that's what the senators, Republican senators, are terrified of. Well, this raises, George, this raises also the question of what happens if Michael Cohen's prediction is correct, that Trump loses in 2020 but refuses to leave the White House. I think that the uh, longtime public servants would simply ignore him, and if necessary, the Secret Service would remove him. But what if he refuses to leave the White House and and, uh, Chris Kobach comes forward and says, yes, uh, Donald Trump lost the election by, by 5 million votes and by 35 electoral votes, but here, I've got proof that in these states where these electoral votes happened, there was voter fraud. I've got the names. I've got the lists. We can prove that this election was, was, was fraudulently stolen by Democrats, by illegal immigrants voting. I mean, you know, he's got enough syncopants in enough states who literally are saying that right now. They're saying that about the last election, that even in lack, you know, absolutely lacking evidence. That, that would, that's going to be the, the rubric that he'll use. That'll be the excuse that he'll use to try to... I have no doubt, Tom. I have no doubt. But I think that the patriots in, in, who are in government service will do everything to prevent that. They'll tell him to take it to court. And here's a little known fact. The president's uh, band, the Marines, they're the defense force for the White House. They'll defend the White House against attackers, and they'll make sure Trump leaves. Wait a minute. The musical? Oh, he hung up. I didn't quite understand that. But anyhow, we'll see where it goes. Robin in Kingston, Washington. Hey, Robin, what's up? Hi, Tom. I'm just going to chip in here on the impeachment debate, and I think I have a very good uh, analogy. I'm uh, actually looking at impeachment in the same way that I do the effectiveness of big marches and whatever. And just to let anybody know, understand, I am pleased that we have Trump and Pence right exactly where they are because we should make this an albatross around the Republican Party's necks for the next half century. But anyways, the point that I want to say is that I have written a thing called Civil Information, which I've shared with you before, and I criticize the effectiveness of big marches because they go from nowhere to nowhere in front of only the marchers, and then they end up being underreported by the oligarch media, and the big marches happen rarely. Mm -hmm. I kind of look at impeachment as the same way, okay, because I feel that essentially impeachment efforts, major efforts, go nowhere, and they do not change governance. It wasn't the impeachment of Nixon that brought a wave of kind of left or Democrats into and women into Congress and whatever it might be. It was Ford, Ford's parting of him. So the question that I ask my left friends to try to consider is, which is better regarding marches? One million-person march 
every now and then, or one million, one person marches or small acts of democracy. So it's the same question, which is better? Well, okay. we, saw this, we saw this with the Iraq war. At the time that, that uh, Bush and Cheney were lying us into the Iraq war, not only were there the largest mass demonstration of people in the streets in the history of the world happened, uh, you know, in early 2003, before, just before Bush invaded Iraq, saying, please don't. But also, I was living here in Portland at that time, doing my program here from Portland, and you couldn't drive down the street. I mean, not, not literally every street corner, but many of the more prominent street corners in this town had rotating groups of people, and it was typically just two or three people who were standing there with signs, or the women who were standing in all white, or people standing in all black. We had all these individual citizen protesters with these very eloquent protests. I'm guessing that's what you're talking about, Robin. This Tom. I am talking about that. So the, to tie it in, I would say, which is better recording in one impeachment process? Or would it be better for all of the people who do want impeachment to not pass that responsibility onto impeachment, but take that same energy and get on? Yeah, I get it. Get I get it. Robin, I'm sorry we're out of time. I, I think both are possible. I, I think we can walk and chew gum, but <laughs> we'll see. Thanks so much for being with us today. We'll be back same time, same place. In the meantime, don't forget democracy is not a spectator sport. It actually requires you to participate. Please jump in. Tag, you're it. You've been listening to Tom Hartman. For audio and video archives, visit TomHartman.com. 